Hi everybody, welcome to our second online podcast fest to commemorate World Menstrual Hygiene Day. This is the edition for 2023 and you guessed it, this is the Womenhood and International Relations Podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Bonilla, and we created this second online podcast fest to bring light to stories and highlight different entrepreneurial initiatives, grassroots organizations, and stories on WASH projects that are bringing menstrual health, menstrual education, menstrual equity, and menstrual dignity to young girls, women, and menstruating people in different parts of the world. For this event, we have conducted interviews in the English and Spanish languages. So we invite you to check all related links down below in the description box. Without further ado, let's begin our conversation of today with Kat Pluth, the founder of the Menstrual Social Enterprise Only in Canada. Kat, thank you so much for joining the Podcast Fest. Thank you for having me. Great introduction. I'm very happy to be here. Can you share with us what inspired the creation of Only? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I actually started this. Well, I started brainstorming this back in 2016. So it's been a long journey to get here. And for context, we launched at the end of 2021. So it was a long journey to get from idea to launch. Um, but basically what happened was uh, subscription models were just coming out. E-commerce was getting popular. Um, there's a very popular razor company that came out in the United States that was delivering razors um, monthly. And I literally, I think I was just sitting at a pub with some friends and was, it, it was just like one of those eureka moments. I was just like, why isn't anybody delivering me my tampons every month? <laughs> I know I need those. Um, so I ended up going online I went home I think I was searching like bulk tampons or something like I knew nothing about business I got my degree in cultural anthropology <laughs> um, so this was all kind of new to me um, and I found all the bulk tampons from manufacturing facilities Alibaba all that stuff I kept reading the word rayon in the ingredient list over and over again I'm like what the heck is rayon like what <laughs> I had no idea and then I found out that like Kotex, Playtex, all those big brands, they use this material called rayon, and which is not cotton. <laughs> so I always thought I was using cotton my whole life. Uh, kind of just use what your mom gives you, you know. Um, and uh, I just felt so, like, duped. I felt so, like, I... I fooled I guess um so I was like where where's the cotton options I thought this was made out of cotton so just to explain rayon really quickly it's essentially wood pulp so it comes from trees that are bathed in this like toxic bath of chemicals until it turns into the soft cotton looking tampon or pad so if you think about it it was a tree and now it's the soft absorbent material that thing has gone through a lot of uh intense processing <laughs> um so I did find out that there were organic options on the market. They're just either in like specialty stores or boutique stores or like some separate section of like the grocery store. Um, and when I did find them, they were very expensive and I didn't find that their brands resonated with me. Um, I thought they were a little bit out of date, like old fashioned, a little, you know, too green and eco looking when I just wanted like a cool like you know a cool tampon that yeah. happens to also be made of great ingredients 
Um, so yeah, long, you know, let's say four years later, um, got all the ducks in a row, found a manufacturer that I absolutely adore. They're um, based out of Spain. Um, beautiful like countryside manufacturing facility they're powered by hydroelectricity uh, wonderful wonderful people um, and they had always wanted to come to Canada but they never really had a I guess a good excuse to till we came flying down asking for a meeting <laughs> um, and uh, yeah we made it happen we got all Health Canada approved all audited and this was in the middle of COVID too when like the medical device regulatory side of uh the government was very busy <laughs> and it it delayed us a lot um but uh yeah we placed our order i think it was like summer of 2021 we got it october 2021 and then we launched november 15th you start first as a menstrual um subscription box mm -hmm. and um how was the concept developed because i think that a lot of people will be resonating with this idea we have periods every month you know <laughs> or at least that's what um is the norm <laughs> mm -hmm. so having that delivered you know is not too bad idea <laughs> exactly like to me it just felt like the perfect subscription model like yeah. i was seeing subscription models for everything like makeup and dog toys and this and that and it's like well you know, it's cool to get every month, but you don't need it every month. Yeah. Um, so to me, it was just like, it was just like a no brainer. Um, I just thought it was going to be um, super, super easy. And I the whole goal with only is to make better period products more accessible, um, either if that's like logistically or financially. Um, and we thought our subscription model could do just that for for Canada. Can you share with us a bit of the context of the menstrual um, situation or the menstrual issues pertaining particularly Canada or the cities that you mostly focus on so we have a bit of understanding of the menstrual realities? Mm -hmm. So we're based out of Ottawa, Canada, so it's the capital. Um, so we're right, you know, in the heart of like all the lawmaking and stuff. And um, we do focus heavily on Ontario, in Ontario and Quebec. Um, we're just starting to, we just released a French website so we can um, happily uh, or get Quebec people happily on our website. Um, but yeah, the, the space in Canada is getting very interesting. Um, so last, I think it was last March, the federal government announced a $150 million fund for menstrual equity. Um, we are over a year later, they said they were going to disperse the funds over two years. And we haven't heard a peep <laughs> since that announcement last March. So we're all very anxiously awaiting um, a follow-up announcement. But the way, or I guess the word on the street or through the grapevine is that uh, like non-for-profits and charities and, you know, Planned Parenthood and all these, you know, social organizations, uh, I suppose, get to apply for the funding and then purchase period products to serve their communities in need. So all of a sudden, Canada is going to get $150 million um, to better serve uh, menstrual equity. Um, and it's great timing because my company gets reached out to a, a couple times a week, if not almost daily, um, for, for free period products uh, to send. And of course, I would love to send, you know, free period products to everyone, but we're a very, very small and new growing business. And, you know, I can't give away all my inventory for free. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be a balance. <laughs> exactly. Like, I got to keep my lights on. Um, <laughs> so, 
Uh, turns out it's very expensive running a business. Um, I learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, I think this is definitely more of like a government issue than a individual corporation, you know, issue. So I'm very excited for this fund to be um, dispersed and announced. And not only that, but Canada um, the other week announced in the labor code that by December of this year, um, federally regulated workplaces must provide pads and tampons mm -hmm. to all employees. So that's airports, it's like mining facilities, wow. it's like every government building. So uh, we're really hoping that you know, non-federally regulated workplaces consider this as well. And not only do they consider it, but I hope they consider, I know I'm biased and this is going <laughs> to sound selfish, but I really hope they consider, you know, buying sustainable options instead of going like the plastic rail and all that stuff. So that's mm -hmm. a whole other conversation. We're in, we're going in the right direction. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I think that um, there are many topics that I want to address here. And mm -hmm. one of them is, you know, building a business on this area, because, you know, I also uh, have seen with my own enterprise on feminism and, you know, launching a feminist podcast that, you know, women's issues for some reason they're expected always to be you know free you know like you should mm. never charge or you, you should if you're a good feminist everything should be free and you mm. know like it's it's not possible to build a sustainable business without you know creating products or services or trainings that could bring some income so we can you mm -hmm. know also be economically empowered in a way um, and looking at this um, space in Canada and the menstrual health hygiene um, area, what has been your own journey launching an enterprise in this area? Has it been difficult or is there like a stigma to create a business on menstrual health and hygiene? Yeah, yeah, I think it was more, I felt it more at the beginning. I don't know if I'm better at like tuning it out any of the bad stuff now or, or what um but at the <laughs> beginning for example um so my company we offer canada's first reusable tampon applicator it's uh it's an amazing product their best-selling product um essentially it's a, a a plastic applicator but you can reuse it for up to 10 years and you just insert the little cotton piece inside um so when we first launched this company I had no idea how Canada was going to receive this technology, right? Like it's a new thing. I, I really didn't <laughs> know. And at the beginning, um, we were getting so much hate for it. Uh, it was it was kind of spooky. It was like we were getting like, you know, people saying, ew, like that's unsanitary or that's unsafe or, you know, it's just it was just kind of a shame because we're bringing, you know, great technology and we were getting kind of... Uh, shamed for it I suppose mm -hmm. um so uh anyway long story short I, I ended up sending it off to a bunch of gynecologists across the country and got their seal of approval on it <laughs> ah, it's, it's being approved by yeah exactly um and then uh we also had um a video of that reusable applicator go viral on TikTok and not necessarily i guess in a good way i guess it was a good in a bad way um it got over three million views it was literally just us opening the reusable tampon applicator and it was funny to see the comments because it was like north america versus europe <laughs> in the comment section um europeans kind of saying oh this is so like american like using plastic and creating unnecessary plastic to solve a problem and i'm like what what 
like, why are they saying this? Like we, that we're solving the single use plastic tampon applicator problem. But it turns out Europeans, about 95% of them is what I read in a study, use applicator free tampons. Don't even use an applicator. When like we grew up using single use plastic tampon applicators, it's everywhere in Canada, at least. Uh, I would imagine the States as well. Um, so it's just funny because we were, we're trying to solve this problem, but we were getting kind of a lot of hate inter internationally for this unnecessary plastic. So it was just kind of an interesting. But this plastic was uh, the life is 10 years, right? 10 years, exactly. <laughs> so, so instead <laughs> of buying the freaking applicator every month, like yeah. you could have it 10 years and you still receive backlash for it. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, you can't do anything right. And, you know, we've had like, we've had a couple people unsubscribe because I use words like menstruators instead of women. Like I'm just yeah. trying to be more inclusive, not only <laughs> to, you know, the, the LGBTQ plus community, but like I got my period when I was, I think 10 years old and mm -hmm. I didn't consider myself a woman. <laughs> so it's like inclusive of like younger yeah so it's just uh and then i i actually got in trouble for using the word menstruator once from i guess maybe more of a feminist type saying how can you how can you like pigeonhole a person call them a menstruator that's like basically just saying they're like a bodily fluid producer and i was like oh goodness <laughs> so it's just kind of like i'm learning a lot about you know what pushes people's buttons and I'm definitely trying to do the right thing at every turn but you know there's always someone more woke than you <laughs> yeah it's, you know it's I mean? we are living in a very uh, I mean cancel culture post-truth mm -hmm. era where everybody's like language has become such a warrior zone like mm. you know it can create um difficulties uh for trying to be as inclusive and as um open to different gender identities different gender realities and experiences of people and some someone is going to at one point be against you for one mm -hmm. or another reason you know like this is uh across the board i think we can find similarities in different regions mm -hmm. um it shouldn't be that way but when these are the yeah. times that we are yeah, dealing with the times yeah i don't know if it was a consequence of the COVID 19 pandemic where you know we've been um developing social anxiety and wanting to prove other people wrong or we yeah. were very fed up with being in quarantine that once now the quarantine is over we are more prone to create judgment or build um you know create trouble to other people yeah, and we are not seeing goodness and um i mean it's not to glorify I, of course there's a lot of things that need to be improved but instead of hailing what is being presented um or at least acknowledging that there's an intention a good intention behind trying to change um the way that we create menstrual waste <laughs> mm -hmm. or you know like creating better menstrual products um people just focus on the negative for one reason or another i don't understand mm -hmm. it either um but yeah i would love to know your own perspective on choosing sustainability because this is something that is very new on uh, the menstrual 
um, health and hygiene um, area to address sustainability and seeking ways that we can, you know, use a certain materials and, you know, the, the variety of products that could be sustainable. Um, can you share with us the different products that you are offering with Only and what was the intention behind them, their creation? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, so we always, like I said I, I was I was very upset I guess with the current industry offering rayon and plastic and I was just kind of like so mad about it that I started this company I suppose um and I uh yeah I, I always thought I was using cotton so I sought out a cotton option um then I did more research and you know found out how horrible of an industry the rayon industry is um not only or not necessarily just the end product but like the workers who work in the rayon industry is like there's like brain damage so I don't want to make like crazy yeah. medical claims but there's like there's like a lot of bad um I guess side effects that come with like the for the workers working with the rayon um but uh so yeah I wanted an alternative um I I figured there's got to be a, a manufacturer out there making great organic cotton products and we found one um so they they've been in business for um I think a couple decades now and um they've like I'll give them all credit for for creating the products um we're simply we're simply spreading their their you know their ideas um but we've worked closely with them on all the packaging and so on but um they have uh or what we distribute from them is uh organic cotton tampons organic cotton pads we've got liners in a couple different sizes and styles um three sizes of menstrual cups which uh were almost sold out of i was very surprised i thought i, I wasn't sure that that was going to be a big seller um and it's probably our second best seller next to the reusable tampon applicator um mm -hmm. so that's our variety uh so it's the really, one really... applicator that people didn't like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah now um, it's a best seller <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah I hadn't like I had no clue how it would sell so I was, I was super pleasantly surprised um but yeah it was just kind of like there's got to be a better way like we have you know, the science and technology to make pads out of cotton. Let's, you know, let's do it. Um, there are some studies out there that say cotton uses a lot of water. There's yeah. some studies that say it doesn't. Um, so I'm not too, too sure how it does on like the waterfront, but I, I would say that's probably like the least sustainable part of like the whole cotton piece is just, it uses a lot of water. Mm -hmm. um, of course it uses land, but um, you know, I'd rather use a re generative plant like cotton than cutting down trees yeah. permanently <laughs> to make pads um so yeah for the sustainability piece for me was just always like literally no-brainer it was just it just I'm of the mind that or I kept saying at the beginning I'm like well if the whole world's gonna burn because of climate change or this or that like I'm not gonna have a business to run <laughs> so let's let's run a business that will help you know selfishly help us make it another 20 years so I could make money for 20 years from this business you know um so funnily enough maybe not so selfish or not not so selfless but uh yeah the sustainability piece like I was always inspired I I was following Greta um Thun At Thunberg. Yeah, yeah Thunberg for forever and um you know just inspired by all that 
community and um yeah just figured it's it's we don't have a choice it's just got to be the way like that's the how I perceive it anyway yeah. um so what yeah, are the benefits just... of like choosing organic cotton menstrual products it's it's quite absorbent of course so it, it performs really well but the the main benefit um for people who menstruate <laughs> is uh that it's very breathable so mm -hmm. unlike rayon it um I'm sure you've tried an always pad. You kind of get that like sticky, like it's, you know, warm, <laughs> um, basically not breathable at all. Um, very plasticky feeling. And uh, I actually have a gynecologist on my board of directors. And she said like one of the first questions she always asks her, asks her patients coming in with like bacterial vaginosis or, you know, yeast infections and stuff is like, what are you using um for protection for your periods or 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 um urination or whatnot and uh typically um i don't have like a scientific claim but this is just anecdotal um they're using you know the rayon plastic stuff and it's just not breathable it's not creating this breathable environment where um it should be <laughs> should be very breathable it's kind of like the difference between wearing like a synthetic underwear versus like a nice cotton pair of underwear you really mm -hmm. feel the breathable difference so I'd say that's the main benefit of organic cotton for the for the user for the people that may be like thinking okay I may consider the cotton um, menstrual product but what if it smells you know because if it's breathable maybe there mm. someone may smell if I have my period and I you know I don't want that is does it um does it have a technology that you know prevents a smell <laughs> that's a good question um I, I guess there's nothing necessarily built in that prevents the smell but I've been told that period blood like you can mostly smell it on yourself and other people can't there's just something uh. something about I don't know evolution that's done <laughs> that or something like it's really hard to smell other people's period blood um but yeah no I don't think we have any issues with with smell I, I see where you're going with like the breathability oh, because thing. The, yeah. The breathability. yeah I was like thinking maybe it has like pores that you know yeah. <laughs> they transit <laughs> through the wind <laughs> you're sitting no. in a cinema and people are like do you have your period and you're like no 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 I don't <laughs> no. <laughs> well if you think about like your own experience have you ever smelled period blood other than your own of other people no right but but yeah but I think it's because of the synthetic thing that you you know the the pads yeah. are commonly and yeah I, I haven't tried organic cotton pads yeah um, but I'm keen, keen to uh, to start trying out yeah you'll notice it right away. like the breathe the pads like the tampons you don't really notice the the cotton difference but the pads is just like it's so much nicer um but that's a really good question I never got that question before and uh um yeah I would, yeah I I, I um yeah, yeah I would say like it's yeah, it's it's probably pretty hard to smell the period blood but but great question <laughs> no I I you know find it very interesting because sometimes people that are against sustainable menstrual products or sustainability overall they tend to become like a bit blind to mm -hmm. the realities of these big corporations that are creating these rayon products or these synthetic menstrual products and mm -hmm. you know it's like because 
I don't know if it's because we have been um, taught or we have grown accustomed to seeing them everywhere in pharma or we have received them in, in the pharmacy or in the school system that they gave us like these pads or tampons, etc. Or because they're cheaper. And that's why mm -hmm. we tend to, you know, just ah, just get your pad from XYZ brand. Mm -hmm. And instead of thinking of perhaps a sustainable option or one that is made of organic cotton or bamboo or these menstrual cups that could last you years. Mm -hmm. And um, but the hassle of, you know, trying to boil the menstrual cup or, mm -hmm. you know, the hassle of rewashing the reusable mm -hmm. menstrual pad or whatever is like no, 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 it's better to just go to the store. So I find it interesting that um, sometimes we may become blind to the big corporations that are doing these type of um, things, but then become very critical to the small businesses mm. and the startups that are trying to bring something new to the conversation, something new and sustainable. Also, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's as if we are resistant of change, but then mm -hmm. because... I don't know if it's because it's female led that it's like we look down upon these. Yeah. Type. I don't know. It's weird dynamics. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great um, little monologue for sure. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it's. I'm it's, doing the reflection here. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's such a frustrating industry. And it's like, like I, I'm all for menstrual cups and washable pads and underwear. I think that's the way of the future, but we're just in such a instant gratification yeah society right like it's like instead of cooking we'll order uber eats you know mm -hmm. we don't put the love and an effort into um you know a nice healthy meal but we just we just want food fast now same with like a menstrual cup it's like you know it's going to be like better and healthier for the planet better for the environment but it takes a bit of labor and maybe a little bit more time to take care of the product but yeah i think that's that's part of it for sure Mm -hmm. I, I really find that your approach to sustainability is very commendable because you have mm -hmm. not only looked at sustainability to your menstrual product, but also you, to your boxes and mm -hmm. to the um, FSC um, certified boxes, the zero plastic, and I think also the emissions of, mm -hmm. you know, the CO2 emissions of the process. So can you share with us um, how have you been thinking about this reduction of um, the environmental impact of your enterprise from the moment that you manufacture with this other company in Spain to the moment that you deliver it? Because I think mm -hmm. that's a distribution process is also a key aspect here. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, thank you for noticing. <laughs> um, yeah, we always just uh, wanted to do like the right thing at every touch point. And we did have a long time pre-launch to really think about these things. And we had delay after delay. So we kind of just kept fine-tuning and fine-tuning um, and we were lucky enough to find a great supplier here in Canada for um, FSC certified boxes so that comes from responsible forestry um, and then it was always like I always said I want like a zero carbon footprint company I know that's kind of like you know old news-ish slash controversial phrase these days um, but back in 2016 <laughs> And when I initially looked at it, I was shocked at how cheap it was. I was like to offset your carbon emissions. I was like, why the heck is not every company doing this? It's literally, it doesn't cost as much. Um, so it's just one of those no brainer additions to the 
to the company. Um, there's some awesome, awesome companies that that do things to help you offset your carbon emissions, whether it's like immediately or like long-term um, solutions. Um, so yeah, that was always a, a no-brainer. And just me personally, I've always been such a try-hard <laughs> and I just like always want to do like the right thing. Like I'm that kid in school that would cry if I didn't get an A plus on my paper, you know? <laughs> so I like, I, I, I just like, I've always had this very try hard um, kind of mentality and I've been trying very hard to make my company as sustainable as can be um, just as like a personal mission. <laughs> um, and of course for the environment, but it just, I don't know how to explain it better than it's just been a no brainer for me. <laughs> just had to be the way it has to be the way. Yeah, and I, I think it's very powerful that you have to have it ingrained in yourself because I sometimes see businesses, you know, leading the sustainability talk, but through the lenses of, you know, I'm just going to focus on this area only and then I'm going to mm -hmm. focus on this other area. But I think perhaps because you had the opportunity to start from the zero and build mm -hmm. it up, you could see the different elements that it could be sustainable when you were building it. So um, because some companies that were um leaving or um created uh, a long time ago they have to change sustainable mm -hmm. right now and perhaps their mission was not sustainable from the beginning so now they are like bumping heads trying to see how they could fit into these sustainable principles and all that mm -hmm. but um, I think that the beauty from your own experience and your own set of values is that you saw it coming is that you had the time to develop the mm -hmm. full enterprise from the moment that you produce a product to the moment that you sell it. And, you know, looking at the testimonials of the people that have received or that have bought these menstrual subscription boxes, as well as the products themselves, um, mm -hmm. what has been the impact? What have they been telling you about the um, the products that they have received? Um, has there been a significant change in the way that they look at menstrual menstruation right now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've gotten quite a few really, really good uh, responses and customer feedback. Um, probably the most recent one, and it's one of my most favorite, um, and this is anecdotal. Again, I'm not talking for everyone, but I had a person switch from always rayon, you know, synthetic pads. She started using our organic cotton pads, and she, she said she stopped cramping. <laughs> um so i i don't know i don't know i'm not what? saying like our, our pads make you stop cramping or i don't know if there's something i don't want to make any crazy claims but like yeah, yeah, yeah there there are some anecdotal evidence that um synthetic tampons could alter like your menstrual experience in maybe a negative way um could be the fact that the vagina is literally as absorbent as the inside of your cheek. It's one of the most absorbent parts of your body. And um, since we don't have the science to to say synthetic tampons are bad, I'll just say, I know what I would rather put in my vagina, <laughs> like a natural product versus a, you know, lab grown, whatever. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Um, and we've also seen as surprise to me, a huge, um, support for our reusable line uh, like I was very surprised I, I when we first launched the company 
we kind of had the menstrual cups and the reusable applicator as kind of not an not an afterthought, but just like not the star of the show because I really didn't think that would be the star of the show. Um, and then it just it was just getting so much traction and attention that we kind of tripled down on the marketing for the reusables and at which is great um, because they're arguably the most sustainable option. Um, so yeah, super super cool to see like people. Um, especially mothers buying the reusable applicator for their daughters. Like that's kind of what it was made for and designed for was that like tween teen kind of, you know, you can bring it to school. It comes with a cute little carrying case. So I'm just, I would, I want to like inspire the next generation of menstruators to, to use, you know, not go for like the, the always Tampax Playtexes of the world and, and see my brand. Like I remember, I don't know if you guys have this in the States, I would imagine, but you buy Kotex, that black box mm -hmm. It came out when I was a teenager. And I remember I was just like, whoa, like a cool tampon. Like it kind of made me like excited a little bit, I guess, to get my period. Um, so I always kind of wanted uh, young like menstruators to have that feeling when they saw my brand. Um, but also it happens to be made out of great sustainable materials. Yeah. So um so yeah, the, the feedback's been really, really good. And we've got some big fans and um, especially in the reusable section, I think it's incredible to see in Canada. And like I said, we're almost sold out of our menstrual cups. Mm -hmm. I hadn't, did not, you know, foresee, foresee that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just really great. Really, really. And the menstrual cups was the material. Is it also organic cotton? Uh, so the menstrual cups actually made out of thermoplastic elastomer. Um, so most menstrual cups on the market are made out of silicone. Mm -hmm. um, some people do have silicone allergies, so we kind of we got them covered there. But the main difference between our cup and the industry leading like silicone cups is the the raw material. Um, so ours is thermoplastic elastomer. It's actually like a more sustainable material to use in the production. Um, just a little fun fact. Um, so when you, you're molding a menstrual cup uh, in the mold, there's always going to have like excess plastic, you know, um, that's not mm. going inside the mold. Silicone, you actually can't use the scraps again. So once it's like molded, you can't remelt it in another shape. It won't keep its integrity. But thermoplastic elastomer, the material we're using, um, all the scraps can be remelted and reused for like infinity times. Mm -hmm. So it's just like one more little little effort to be a little bit more sustainable. Um, I always say like if you're using a menstrual cup, like regardless, you're doing amazing. Um, not ever going to guilt trip you for not using our thermoplastic elastomer one. But it is just a nice little fun fact about ours. And as well, like looking at the design, as you were saying, like appealing to teenagers, I saw it like it's very poppy, the colors, <laughs> the um, it, it's, it's vibrant, the, mm -hmm. the, the box and the products themselves. So it gives you, you know, because sometimes you can design something that looks very serious and very mm -hmm. like, <laughs> or as you were saying, very green style and this yeah. is more like fun and more joy and you know, uh, as we are uh, focusing on the menstrual hygiene and education day, I wanted to ask you as well, like, 
you know, thus, how has it been impacting these menstrual subscription boxes? Um, the self-esteem of the girls, do they feel more open to, you know, share or their experience mm. with these uh, sustainable products with their friends? Um, has it been a topic of conversation like, hey, now I have organic mm. cotton pads? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And I, I, I can't answer it too well because I'm, I'm not I'm not too sure how they're, you know, sharing the news, but um, I sure hope so. I hope yeah. it's making them excited. And we're always just trying to like talk about it on our socials. Like it's just it's as normal as anything else Yeah, <laughs> um, getting your period. So um, yeah, I hope like our products are kind of fun and I guess like cool enough to like show <laughs> off to your friends and, and just like be well, not proud to be a menstruator, but at least not ashamed, you know, like yeah. I just, I really hope young girls are, not doing that secret walk of shame to the bathroom in schools like I did um mm -hmm. you know with the tampon tucked up your sleeve mm -hmm. um but uh yeah I think I honestly I just think this next generation like Gen Z did an amazing job at like starting to be really outspoken and proactive and I just can only imagine what Gen Alpha is going to be like I'm sure they're going to be even more um outspoken and in good ways and just I, creative, you just you, I think as it, well yeah yeah absolutely and standing up to bullying and you know like I just I yeah I sure hope my products are are being shown mm. off <laughs> as we are reaching the end of today's interview I wanted to ask you two other questions in terms of affordability mm -hmm. and the change of your subscription model to tailor to other venues and other um, mm -hmm. um, retailers and business to business um process so um the first one is about affordability how affordable mm -hmm. are these sustainable menstrual products and in comparison to what we can see on the pharmacy in canada or any other place that sells uh, menstrual products yeah that's a great question um so I, my goal again was to make this financially accessible to canadians um you know, sourcing and developing organic products is definitely more expensive. Um, so th they are a, a touch more expensive than say like the, you know, 60 pack you'll find at Walmart. I can never compete with that price. Um, but if you're, say you're comparing like a six box of 16 tampons from ours to like a, a 16 pack on the pharmacy shelf, I'd say it's like a 10 to 15% difference. So I'm um, with retailers specifically um we've been able to beat every organic cotton price out there um and that's always been my goal i just found the organic options like a touch too expensive like for example it's, instead of being like 6.99 they'd be like 9.99 but mine in stores are say like 7.99 so it's it's a, a big difference um and it's great like these products are like relatively inexpensive they're not hundreds of dollars so there's not too too much um wiggle room in the price but yeah we uh we're the most affordable um organic cotton option um we also try to keep it really affordable online as well um and as you alluded to we kind of pivoted from online e-commerce subscription because canada's very uh, expensive to ship across. It's it's logistically difficult to do these big subscription models like you might see in the States. Um, 
uh, it's just it's difficult to execute here. So we've really transitioned to B two B and um, and retail, and I'm really hoping that once that menstrual equity fund gets dispersed, um, my company will have enough of a name for itself. Like that that would be my passion is fulfilling orders for menstrual equity. I think that would be that would be huge. Like for example, we just filled. Uh, a big one going out to one of the East Coast islands. Um, it was like five thousand dollars of of products going out. Like that's and that that's it was for like a period packing party for the community. Like that's amazing to me. Of course, I love like fulfilling individual consumers' um, needs, but I just I I kind of see foresee that being the future of this company is is more like bulk orders for menstrual equity, especially with the the new climate in Canada and federally regulated workplaces needing products hit me up um <laughs> yeah i just uh i'm excited to like compete and and see um see i guess where the future of this business goes yeah and i think that's a big conversation as well like how are we going to move with every conversation of climate change and sustainability and now regenerative cultures and regenerative economies mm -hmm. you know how can we um create the lesser negative impact on the environment as well as on people and you know the whole conversation on sustainable menstrual products brings to light how this uh, silicone and plastics and the things that we were accustomed to for decades were actually perhaps once again because we don't have a lot of research on it because of a good reason capitalist system it doesn't benefit mm -hmm. those big corporations to have those studies funded exactly. um, but <laughs> but it's interesting to see that you know how many um, um, um sicknesses or um things that health issues that we may have experienced could have stemmed from this use of these mm -hmm. um raw materials or synthetic or um, how is it weird materials that are being mm -hmm. put in our bodies and we we sometimes don't even have the knowledge or the time to as you did you know focus on okay what's in my menstrual pad what's mm -hmm. in my um you know information of the the tampon and how is this created and is this offsetting you know like all those things and hopefully Hopefully, <laughs> uh, we are seeing the change in Canada and elsewhere. And um, that that's my last question. Like, uh, what are your upcoming events, projects? And will you be considering having only on the United States or abroad? <laughs> um, yeah, I know this is different, but yeah, looking forward to know more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the United States is definitely on our hearts and minds. Um, definitely a logistics and distribution beast uh i guess you guys are what a hundred times the size of us something like that um <laughs> so, so so i think it's something like that so yeah the we always call the united states a, a beast um of of an industry to or economy to get into and i would I, i want to um uh it's a it's definitely a conversation i'd have to have with my manufacturer but uh but yeah i think the future you know hopefully holds big bulk orders for us and Um, we do have some some new products in the pipeline, um, such as washable options, and um, uh, we've we've also got like maybe potentially we might be getting into like the baby space as well. Mm -hmm. um, so like organic cotton breast pads and diapers and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
But it's gonna uh, be huge, you know, because that's yeah. the thing. Like we want to have options because it's good to have options, but we don't find it easily or affordable because mm -hmm. that, for example, I'm currently living in Puerto Rico and, you know, sustainable menstrual products, like that's very new here. Like right. in, in specialty drugstores or specialty um, pharmacies, you may find one or a second menstrual cup and that's it. But reusable uh, or recyclable menstrual pads or forget about it. You need to mm. uh, you know, order it online or, you know, have it shipped from elsewhere. You know, like this right. is, is hard. Yeah, I just uh, definitely want to... Like as a consumer, um, I always wanted to, of course, support businesses that were doing the right thing, but I realize it's really up to the corporation. So I'm very blessed and grateful to be in a position where I am, a, not I am a corporation, but I guess I run yeah. a corporation and that can like really set an example and, and give consumers a good choice to, I guess, vote with their dollars of yeah. where they, you know, increase the demand, increase the supply and hopefully you know, we get enough demand that we can get the prices even lower and even more competitive. So um, yeah, I think the future bodes well. I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I, trends I, are... I, I invite you to, um, if you're possible, to leave like a message for anybody that perhaps may be considering sustainable menstrual products, but may be scared because, you know, it's um, something new, it's mm -hmm. like cotton, it's like, I don't know if this is good for me. Uh, what would you say for people that may be hesitant or perhaps new to and um, undergoing that world? Mm -hmm. um, well, first, I would say is, you know, you always have a choice. And if you don't, you know, there's no harm in trying, I can <laughs> definitely promise you no harm in trying. Um, and uh, yeah, just, you know, I guess if you really look at all the plastic, if if you buy a box of tampons these days, and you open the plastic box and the plastic wrappers and the plastic applicator, and you just you'll really see how that adds up. So um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely consider trying. Um, I honestly think like I since I've tried organic cotton, I've never went back like it. Uh, it scares it not not to fear monger, but it kind of scares me to use synthetic material now. Um, in such an absorbent and intimate area. Um, so yeah, just, just try it, you know, and uh, luckily these products, you know, they're like, you know, six, seven, $8. So it's not a, a crazy, scary investment to make. So just take the leap. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, it's super worthwhile. How can we follow only on social media? What's your website? How can people place orders? Sure. Um, so everything is at getonly.ca. So our website's www.getonly.ca. Our Instagram and TikTok are at getonly.ca. And I'm just starting to work on a Pinterest, but uh, we'll keep that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing quite yet. Um, and then, oh, of course, we also have a LinkedIn um, okay. at getonly.ca. Okay, perfect. So we're going to be listing those links down below in the description box. Invite everybody to learn more about Only. And Kat, thank you so much for your time and for this interview. My pleasure. Thank you. You were incredible, incredible host. Great questions. 
that's it for today's episode. I truly hope that you enjoyed today's conversation and that you are connecting the dots with the different interviews that we have featured so far in our second online podcast fest. All the links connected to today's interview will be featured down below in the description box. We invite you to check the social media of the different um, organizations that we have featured for the online podcast fest, as well as to follow um, the Womenhood and International Relations podcast. We are currently Currently on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Instagram at womenhood underscore IR. We would love to know your feedback, your thoughts, any questions that arise from this type of explorations, and any constructive um, ideas that you have come across. So yes, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in and talk to you soon.